I remember years ago when I was at an event and uh, it was a, an event with a lot of young people and it was a great, great event happening. And I remember when I was at that event, uh, something happened as um, was unexpected. As we were at that event and kids were playing and having fun and a great time, uh, we started to get some reports and notifications on our uh, devices that uh, a storm was heading our way. And I remember that I decided that I was going to take a little afternoon nap because it was a long night the night before. And as I, I took that nap, someone came running in. And, and, and uh, actually, they didn't know I was in there, but they, it's a good thing they came running in and knocked on the door. And they said, we've got to go uh, lock down. And I said, what in the world? We've got to go lock down. He said, there's a tornado coming. And it was the um, scary, really, not really a scary thing as much as it was an interesting thing because I'd never seen anything like this in my life. But as I remember walking through, as I left this building to go to the other building where we were going to lock down, I remember leaving and looking up and beginning to see the, the clouds begin to spin together. And it was literally about forming above us. Uh, thankfully, that tornado never actually touched down. And uh, we all made it out of there very safely. Uh, but that changed the events for that evening, right? It changed everything we had planned. We, we had lots of fun activities planned outdoors. And uh, because of that event, it all changed. And, you know, I, I know that's an extreme example, really. But this morning, I want to talk to you about when things don't go as planned. Uh, this happens to me a lot when I try to experiment with uh, cooking new recipes. Oftentimes, they don't go as planned, you know. Uh, I think my wife and I, we tried some sweet potatoes the other day. We thought a recipe that said, let's add garlic. And, you know, just something in me, in the, maybe it's the part of the me that's southern, I don't know, that said something about garlic and sweet potatoes doesn't sound right. And can I tell you, it didn't go as planned. It really didn't. We all have things in life that don't go as planned. And, and if we're all honest, even the plans we make very early in life, or maybe any plans we make in life for that matter, they never go as planned. They always change. They're always shifting. And, you know, that's okay. That's okay. As we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to look at a Bible verse that you have probably heard a million times in your life that is on every bumper sticker and, and picture that you've ever seen within the Christianity. And we're going to look at that verse and talk about, really un unpack what it means a little bit more about God's plans for our lives when they don't go as planned, when our plans don't go as planned. And we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 29. I love this verse, in Jeremiah 29, 11. We say it a lot. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. We love that. Uh, we love that verse. I see, I, as a matter of fact, I saw it this morning, and not even planning on a little uh, plate somewhere. It's a verse we quote so often. And, you know, it's, it's one of those verses that sometimes we, we say it so much that we forget to really go and look what was happening when that verse was being given. And there was this powerful example of what's going on in this season. And I want to tell you a little bit more about it. We seem to uh, be talking about the Israelites in exile a lot lately, and we're going to continue talking about them today in exile. Uh, as we look here in Jeremiah 29, uh, Jeremiah is actually writing a letter to the, to the exiles, to the Israelites, who they had 
uh, everything together in their home, but because of the decline of the kingship, a great evil happened in the land, and therefore God handed them over to King Nebuchadnezzar, and there they are in his control and in, in their land. But something too important to remember about this is we're talking about the exiles, is uh, they didn't want to be there. There was nothing in them that wanted to be there. They didn't desire to be there whatsoever. I encourage you, take some time and go read Psalm 137 sometime and hear the song that they sang. It's a song of lament about how they were so down because they were in a place they did not want to be. They were so uh, grieved in their hearts because they, God had put them somewhere that they, they, it wasn't what they planned. And so the Israelites, they have been marched away from their beloved place, their home, Things didn't go as planned. They thought things might turn around, and that's what you're going to see in the Scripture, is the Israelites planned. They were living their lives as if that season was going to be very temporary, but what they didn't know is that they were going to actually be forced to live in a place a little bit longer than was planned, and the place that was strange, it was different and difficult. It was a different culture, keep that in mind. It was things they were not used to. They didn't have the things that they could do to practice what was so important to them. Things were very difficult. It was a plan that they didn't foresee. It was full of mourning, weeping, and lamenting because they did not go as they had planned. And so we're going to read in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4, this letter that's being read to the exiles. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the ex exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. And I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which, from which I sent you into exile." It's an amazing passage here, an amazing letter. This letter goes on a little bit longer than this, but the Bible says that this was given to the surviving elders of the exile. Uh, the, imagine this, that you have been a, a priest, you'd been an elder, you'd been a prophet, you'd been someone who was in a position of leadership in Israel, and now you're reading this letter as if nothing is left and there's no hope anymore. But God's trying to give them a few thoughts about his plans in this process. Because what they thought that they were going on a place that was not intended for them was actually a place that was a part of God's plan all along. So let's talk a few things about God's plan that we're going to see from this scripture. 
As you'll notice here, the first thing that he says to them in the letter is, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Now, first off, you have to remember is that these people didn't think they were going to stay there. So for the idea of them to hear that they've got to build a house in a place that they were expecting to leave any day now was kind of terrifying. What do you mean, Lord? We've got to live here? We've got to stay in this place? You're going to keep us here? That was a thought that, whoa, 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 what's going on here? It didn't go as they were planning. Now, as a matter of fact, they had to go on and plant gardens. Plant gardens in a place they didn't know. It was a new concept. It was a new culture. It was a new atmosphere, territory. So they had to learn to plant gardens. And the Bible says, eat their produce. Oh, Lord, this is really strange. We've got to build homes. Now we've got to plant gardens. And we've got to eat the things that they've got. We don't have the things we have, the, the good food. Now, how many of you know when you leave a place that is home, there is nothing like food that is from home. It's what you grew up with. It's, it's nostalgic. It brings back all of those memories from your childhood. There's something warm about having home food that is important to all of us. And so for them, this was a season where they had to learn eat their produce. It was different. First off, I want you to see here is that God's plans don't always make sense. God's plans don't always make sense. How many of you have discovered that in your life? God's plans don't always make sense. But the thing is, if they really made sense, then would we need God? Because we would be God, right? Sometimes the things that are above us and higher, or we can't understand it, is okay. We are a people who like to control. We love to be in control, right? We'd rather be driving than have someone driving us, figuratively speaking. We love to be in control, but sometimes what happens in life and in God's plans is that they don't always make sense, and we have to be willing to let go of control and to say, okay, Lord, it's above me, it's beyond me, I'm going to trust you with it. God was telling them to settle in a place that they thought was only temporary, and this was contrary to everything that they had hoped. It did not make sense. And sometimes, it's amazing here that the Bible says in some translations here, it says build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Some translations use the word settle down. And, you know, really, sometimes the best thing we need to hear when things don't go as planned and we are all worked up is settle down. Just take it easy. Breathe. Relax. Trust God's in control. Trust that God's working things out. There's a verse in Habakkuk that says this. He told Habakkuk as he was prophesying to them, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. That's kind of interesting to think about, right? If God was going to speak to us and give us something and, we th and he tells us, you wouldn't believe it even if I told you. It wouldn't make sense to you. Imagine standing a few years, a few months back and saying, if I told you a plans of a pandemic in the land that would really shut down the whole world, you wouldn't believe that. It's, it's different. It's, it doesn't make sense. It's what the world wants to kind of make scientific equation, but it doesn't quite can't be uh, or captured in that way. Sometimes we will not believe God's plans, even if he told us, and sometimes that's okay. It's all right. It's okay to not know everything. Uh, you, know, you, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a conversation with a know-it-all, right? And that's okay. That's us sometimes. Is when we're in life, when we're wrestling through life, we don't have to know it all. We can trust that God's got it. He's in control. God's plans don't always make sense, but we can trust Him. 
And this is really what I want you to walk away with here today the most is you can, you can put this in your pocket here today is that when things don't go as planned, you can trust the one who knows the plans he has for you. When things don't go as planned, you can trust the one who knows the plans he has for you. Number two, you're going to look at this. You're going to see that God told them to settle down. It, his plans, it didn't make sense. And number two, he told them something very interesting. As he said that they were to go and, and have children there. And he told them to multiply there and do not decrease. Once again, this was a, a, a way of thinking that was opposite of what they were thinking. God was telling them, not only are you to build houses and plant and just go ahead and make your living there, but go ahead and have a family too. Go ahead and establish your, your lineage there. This, was, this would have been really the most detestable thing to the Israelites because they wanted their children to have the best of their culture. For them to be brought up in a land that was different was really... Ouch, that hurts. So now God was telling them to multiply there and do not decrease. I want you to see this is that, yes, God's plans don't always make sense. But look at this. God's plans always lead to growth. God didn't put them into exile to just leave them there and to decrease. God had a plan for them to grow. God had a purpose for them to keep moving on from that place. And it was to keep expanding and growing in their families. But spiritually speaking, is that when things don't go as planned, God always has a plan that leads to our growth. Exile was not the place they intended. He told them to multiply. And see, when you follow God's plan and you trust what He has for you, it will always lead to a multiplication of growth. You will grow and grow and grow. You may not like the way you're growing, but you will grow and grow and grow because God's plans are perfect. How many of us, we need to grow? I need to grow, right? I need to get into a place and grow and grow. And when things don't go as I want them to or as I hope for them to, God's perfect plan is always going to take me in a place where I'm going to grow. God never desires for any of us to decrease because you know what decrease means in the kingdom of God? That means going further and further away from the Lord. But when the kingdom of God, growth means growing closer to the Lord. So God always intends for growth to happen in our lives. When things don't go as planned, you can trust the one who knows the plans he has for you. You notice this, that next, the, the, the plans didn't make sense. God's plans always lead to growth. But look at this. This is really interesting, this verse here. He said, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Now, if you remember and you go back to Psalm 137, read that later, and then go back and read this verse, you will know that the Israelites did not want to seek the welfare of the city. As a matter of fact, they were calling down curses on the Babylonians, and they wanted to get rid of them. They did not want to bless the people there. But he told them, Seek the welfare for the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. This sounds like a verse that Jesus taught us, right? Pray for those who despitefully use you. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Oh, this just rubbed the salt in the wound a little bit more. In other words, God was telling them, you've got to be willing to bless the place that you're in so that you will be blessed. That was hard. They didn't want to bless the people who literally put them in chains and brought them into their city and made them live in that place. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to be that way. They didn't want to bless the people who had literally robbed them from their home, kidnapped them from the place that they knew. They didn't want to do that, but God was calling them to a higher way. 
for in its welfare you will find your welfare. They didn't like it there. They didn't want to be there. And you know, God's plans always desire the best for us. You know, there's this kind of uh, theory in the world about Christianity, about the God whom we serve, is that God is just ready to uh, cut people down and smack them down and knock them away and judge them away. But my Bible tells me that God is not willing that anyone should perish. My God tells me that He is willing and making opportunities available open and open over and over again for a time for them to come into His loving arms. Yes, there will be a time appointed in a man where we'll all be judged. That is the Word of God. But there is also in this season that we're in now that God is full of mercy. And God is a God who is open and full of compassion and mercy. He wants to seek the welfare of the city, even the strange city that they were in. And you know, when God's plans don't, when, when things don't go as we have planned, God always has the best for us. And instead of complaining or whining or groaning that things didn't go as we planned, we would do ourselves a favor to bless that place, to speak life in that place. Instead of speaking negativity, instead of speaking uh, down about that place, speaking blessing into that place, praying for its blessing, praying for that strange place, that different place, and praying for God to bless that place because in its blessing comes back our blessing in that place. You see, His ways are not our ways, and we often desire that God's plans would encompass our plans. But God always has a better way, a greater way, a higher way. God always takes a way that doesn't look like the way we want to go. But don't you and I know that God is faithful by doing that? Isn't it good that God didn't do the plan that we wanted to do all along? If God did, we would surely be stuck in a place we couldn't get out. God is faithful that He doesn't work our plans how we, how we want. We've got to be willing to say God always desires the best for us. And in this season, in the place when things don't go as planned, in this place right now that we're in, in a pandemic, when things did not go as planned, when we were excited about all kinds of ministry opportunities and things that were happening, and things didn't go as planned, this has been one that I've had to bite my tongue and say, okay, Lord, Things didn't go as planned, but your plans are perfect, and I can trust you. And I can say, instead of Charlie complaining and groaning about pandemic and this and that and all of just say, okay, Lord, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to walk into that place, and we're going to come out blessing. We're going to speak blessing and blessing and blessing. We're going to pray for the place we're in. We're going to pray to the Lord for its welfare. That's what you've called us to do. God's plans always desire the best for us. They don't make sense. They always lead to multiplication. And then I want you to see this, is that God gives them a warning as it begins to bring into this next part of the letter. And he tells them that there's some prophets that are beginning to speak in the land. But don't let them deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams they dream, for it is a lie. You know, when, you're, when, when things don't go as planned, when things go in a different direction, there's always the temptation to listen to all the wrong advice except the voice of the Lord. To listen to everything that is contrary to the word of God. But as the Bible, as, as Jeremiah prophesied to them, it is a lie. It is a lie. God's plans always lead us in the right direction. He's always going to take us in the path that we need to go. 
He's always going to take us in the path that is not going to lead us to destruction. As Proverbs teaches, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it's destruction. There is a way that is right to God, and in it is the right direction that we need to go. Do not be deceived. Don't follow the advice of someone who, when your life has uh, gone off course and they're trying to give you, yes, we need the, uh, the there's, there's comfort in a multitude of counselors. Yes, there is. But if it can't not be balanced by the word of God, if it cannot find its foundation in the principles of the word of God, then I want to encourage you to double check that. Double check that source. We need to do that kind of like we do everything in the world now. We need to double check it. Everything we hear, we ought to put it through the filter of the word of God. Well, what does God's word say about it? What does God teach me about that? We've got to be careful today. There's so many voices. There's so many uh, opinions and things going around. And really, it doesn't matter what anybody says. If it's, if it's not backed up by God's word, then I want to tell you something. It is a lie. We need to be a people who learn how to follow God's plans according to His Word. God's plans are never going to lead us where His Word is, is leading us in an opposite way. God's plan and God's Word will always line up. Because can I tell you something? It's the same God. It's the same being. It's not two different people. It's not two different beings. It's God Almighty and God Almighty. And what God speaks, He will make happen in His plan. And we've got to be careful to make sure that we don't are not deceived when things don't go as planned. How many of you know that when life is difficult, when life doesn't go as planned, it's challenging, it's difficult, it's, it's a struggle, right? It, it's, it's kind of like when you you're, you're kind of riding down the road and you, you just take this unexpected detour that wasn't planned. The detour is not necessarily a bad thing, though. Sometimes God has a purpose in that. But it's amazing that when things don't go as planned, God gives us promises from His Word about what He wants to do in that season. And I want to show you this, and we're going to go to that famous verse everybody likes to quote, Jeremiah 29, 11. First off, he tells them, he says, I will fulfill to you my promise. Aren't you grateful today that God says in his word here that he fulfills his promises? Every one of us, every promise God has given us, everything he's spoken in his word, God fulfills his promise. You don't have to walk away discouraged, wondering, is God going to do what he said? No, God fulfills every word that he says. God is not a one that he should lie. And number one, he tells them, he says, for I know the plans I have for you. This verse is really kind of uh, it's almost kind of ironic in a way. For I know the plans I have for you, as if God needed to state that I know what I'm doing. But he was trying to tell them because the people did not feel like that they knew the plan that was up ahead. They didn't know what the future held. They didn't know what to see up ahead. So God was reassuring them, when you don't know the plan, when you don't know what's up ahead, when you don't know what life holds, I want to tell you, for surely I know the plans that I have for you. And that's what he was trying to remind them, is comforting him by saying that you may doubt whether the plans are being fulfilled or you've got the plans or I've got the plans, but I want to tell you, I know the plans I have for you. And as a matter of fact, they are my plans. Isn't that amazing today? As we can walk away from God's word and say, you know what, I may not know what the plan is up ahead. I may not know God's plan for my life, but I can walk away assured saying, he knows his plans for me. 
and He's going to make sure they happen. He's going to fulfill His promise. He goes on to say, or, or as I like what James says about this. In James chapter 4 and verse 13, he says this. He says, to, Come now you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. This is why oftentimes you hear people say, Lord willing, or they put that onto their statement. But it's the mindset of saying, yes, we may make plans for tomorrow. We may make plans for the year, but they'll only happen, Lord willing. The future is not in our hands. It's in God's hands. Here's what God promises. He knows his plans. And number two, he says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil and I like what some translations use and not for harm God desires when things don't go as planned he promises your welfare not your harm he wants what's best for us he promises to take care of us he's the father comparative to every other religion in the world the name that our God has that is unlike any other religion is the name of the Christian God, His Father. As God has given us access to crawl up into His arms and to come to Him as His children and make our petition to Him and plea to Him, that's what God calls us to be, is to know Him as a Father, is that He desires our welfare. And when things don't go as planned, I want you to know this, is that a detour is not necessarily a denial. It might just be for your deliverance. Imagine you're driving down the road and you get to that sign and it says detour. But you didn't know that up ahead was actually a huge hole in the ground, in the road, because a water main broke. And if you would have kept driving, where would you have ended? Right in the middle of that hole. So sometimes a detour is not necessarily a denial. It might just be for your deliverance. And when things don't go as we plan, it might just be because God is working things out for our welfare. God is turning things around for our, where we need to go. I often pray when, when I was when praying about opportunities, God open the right doors and close the wrong doors. Sometimes I can't see what's up ahead, but His ways are higher, His thoughts are higher. So Lord, you see what's way up ahead, I can't see it. So Lord, if there's a door that I don't need to go through, you shut that door right in my face. And if there's one I need to go through, please open it and I'll follow you. God always desires our welfare, not our harm. And He wants the best for us and He promises to take care of His children. He promises, uh, he knows his plans. He promises our welfare. And then he goes on and he says, I want to give you a future and a hope. A future with hope. You know, the scariest parts of plans that, don't, that go differently than we planned is we are not sure how it will change our future. It, it's true that the greatest fear of humans is the unknown. Because it's a place we haven't been. We don't know what to expect. We don't know how to proceed. And it's one of the great fears that we're all going to wrestle with. But the scariest thing about it is we don't know. But the comfort in it is, is that God knows. And that He promises a future with hope. How important that is right now in this season that we're in. That in the middle of a pandemic, is that God promises a future with hope. That doesn't mean things are necessarily going to get better before they get worse. 
but we can take God's word to the bank. And I want to encourage you to be a people who pray God's scripture to him and say, Lord, you said in your word, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for my welfare and plans for a future with hope. Right now, Lord, may not feel like much hope, but I'm taking your word. You promised it, God. You promised a future with hope. I'm going to hold on to that word. I'm going to take it and say, Lord, yes, I want to wait for your promise of future with hope. First Corinthians says it this way, and I love this scripture, and I've, I put this all over the place. Eye has not seen, and nor ear has heard, and nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's all right. We may not understand. We may not know. And it hasn't entered into our hearts. But God knows. He knows. And ask the musicians to come. So we begin to finish this up here. Next, this powerful part of this prayer here. My favorite part of this whole thing is that Jeremiah writes in the letter as he's writing the prophecy from the Lord. He tells them, he says, you're going to call upon me and come and pray to me. And guess what? I will hear you. You know, oftentimes when things don't go as planned, it gets into this frustrating place where you feel like God doesn't hear you. You feel like that your life has been derailed and you think, what in the world am I doing here? But look at God's word. He promises us that if you'll call upon me, you'll pray to me, I will hear you. Hear You You will seek me. You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I love this verse right here, verse 14. He says, I will be found by you. Wow, what comfort from God's word is that when you search for God, when you pray, when you open up your mouth and say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. God is promising in his word. I even hear that prayer. I hear the prayer that is coming from the stillness of your heart. I hear the prayer that is coming from the tears. I hear the prayer that's going down the road. I hear it. If you come to me, I will answer you. I promise to fulfill my word to you. Isn't that amazing? And what a word to the Israelites. Listen, they were uprooted. They were dislocated. They were, they were bound. They were in a place that they didn't want to be. Yet God promises it to the Israelites that in that place that they were in, 70 years of captivity, that if they would just open up their mouth and call upon Him, He would hear them and He could be found by them. And truthfully, can I tell you, is that the whole reason... The Israelites went and things didn't go as planned is because they forgot this principle here. They forgot that when life goes as they didn't want to. They forgot that they were supposed to call upon the Lord and come to Him and seek Him with all of their heart. They had abandoned everything they had been taught. So therefore, they were in a place that they were not intended to be in. But now God was telling them to go back to the things I taught you in the beginning. That when in Genesis chapter 3, after the fall and things begin to, to begin to crumble, he said, and the Bible says that then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Restoration in our life and when things go haywire and they get derailed and you wonder, God, what is going on with my life? I want to tell you, you can never go wrong by stopping and opening up your voice and saying, Lord, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what brought me here. I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of problems, but I'm here and now, God, I'm calling upon you. And I want to tell you something. God hears it. God listens for that and he is waiting for that prayer. 
I remember when I was a 13-year-old teenager and I was wrestling through life and one finding my way in life. And I didn't know the Lord. I had never really been to church that much in my life. And I remember those prayers. I would pray as I thought about this verse. I remember those prayers. I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't know what it looked like. But I would just pray a prayer that I know. Now I lay me down asleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Because that's what my grandparents taught me. That's all I knew. But I didn't know anything else. And it wasn't long after I began to pray that prayer as someone who didn't know the Lord, didn't grow up in church, didn't have that, uh, just that, that in my life, that the Lord found a way to bring me back to Him. He wrapped me in His arms as the good Father and found out my welfare. But I found out that this verse is so true. I can tell you, I can tell you from experience over and over again that if you'll come and call upon the Lord, if you'll open up your voice to Him, whatever way your life is going, when things go crazy, I want to tell you, He will come to you. He says, I will be found by you. What a comfort from God's Word today. It's that when we pray, He'll be found. And finally, He says this to them. He said, yeah, you're going to stay there 70 years. You're going to live in that place. You don't want to live there for 70 years. And he says this to them. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. Now, isn't it amazing that God leaves them there for that amount of time? Surely God had a purpose for the place that they didn't plan. But notice, if you look back, everything we've just talked about today, they're going to build homes they're going to come back stronger. They're going to eat well. They're going to multiply. They're going to come back with welfare and no harm. They're going to come back with a future and hope. And they're going to come back with answered prayers. And so when God was telling them, I will bring you back, really what God was telling them is, I want you to be here in 70 years of captivity so I can show you what I want to do in that season. You're going to come back stronger. You're going to come back greater, multiplied with welfare, no harm, with a hope and with answered prayers that what you thought was meant for evil, I'm going to turn it around for your good and I'm going to show you a future with hope for I know the plans I have for you. It's a great plan, God says. When things don't go as planned, you can trust the one who knows the plans he has for you. You can trust him today. You can trust that he's going to work it out. You're here this morning. Your life has been derailed by something that was totally unexpected. I want to tell you that life is made up of all kinds of unexpected things. Life is nothing but a series of unexpected events. But that's all right. For when things don't go as planned, you can trust the one who knows his plans for you. Will you stand with me this morning? Would you close your eyes today? I want to pray for that person. You're hearing this today. You might hear it in the weeks and months to come from this moment. Your life is going as you did not plan. You didn't think a little bad mistake would lead you to that place. But I want to tell you today, there's one who knows the plans he has for you. If you'll trust him, and you'll follow his plans for you, he'll take care of you. He'll take you to a future with hope. He'll give you his, your welfare. 
and He'll give you growth in that place and lead you closer to Him. And I want to encourage you today to begin making a decision to say, I'm going to call upon you, Lord. I'm in a place that I didn't plan, but I need your help. God promises you today that He hears you, He will respond to you, and He will help you. If you'll turn your voice to Him, turn your heart to Him today. And for the others that are here, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't make a mistake. But life gave you something that you didn't plan for. You're wondering, how do I find my way out of this? I want to tell you today, you can trust God's plan. You might, it might not have been part of your plan, but it's surely part of His plan. And He's working it all for your good. You'll trust Him today. Don't stay there down and lamenting and mourning like the Israelites, but stay there and call upon Him and lift up your voice and look to Him because He hears you today. That's you this morning. Would you just lift a hand to the Lord where you're at? Just pray this morning. God, I'm in a place I didn't plan. God, I speak for all of us here today. We're in a place we didn't plan for. Businesses been changed. Our livelihood has been changed. God, we didn't plan for this place, Lord. We didn't know it was coming. God, we trust your plan. We trust that when we're in a strange and difficult place, Lord, it's requiring things of us we never thought, never imagined, Lord, we'd have to go to church and sit six feet away from somebody. We never planned for that, Lord. But God, we could trust your plan because when things don't go as planned, we can trust you today because you're working it out, Lord. You know the plans you have for us, plans for to prosper us, to give us a future with hope. So, Lord, we call upon you today, Lord. I want to pray for my brother or sister today, my friend who's here. They're in a place that they didn't plan for. They're wondering, what do I do, Lord? I'm stuck. I don't know where to go. I'm stuck at a crossroads. I pray, God, you would show them the plan, Lord. Give them direction. Give them hope, Lord. Show them, Lord. Hear their cry, Father. You promised in your word that if we'll call upon you, you will hear us. And so, Lord, I pray today for my friend who calls upon you. Lord, hear their prayer today. For the person who doesn't know you and they're stuck in life, Lord, I pray that they would look to Jesus who gave us life upon a cross and rose again full of power so that we might experience life and life more abundantly. God, I thank you today. And Lord, we look to you this morning. We trust you today. God, may we leave here this morning with a resolve. Every one of us here this morning, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I'm here. But I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe you, Lord. I'm going to take you at your word. I'm not going to let the deceivers or the false prophets lead me astray. I'm going to take your word to the bank, Lord. And I'm going to walk out of here trusting you, believing your word, walking with you in complete faith, knowing that, God, this is your plan, and I can trust you today. God, I thank you this morning. Now, oh God, strengthen us today. Let faith arise in this place this morning as we sing, as we look to you today, God. 
Lord, we call upon your name. I pray love would flow in this place. Let the love of Jesus be felt in the unexpected place. May we just have a comfort of God's love. I pray for the person who has never felt your love in their life, that today you would wrap them in your arms, God, and that they may sense there's a God who cares about them, who sees them when they feel like everyone else has overlooked them. They may know you see them, you love them, you care for them today. And God, we thank you this morning. Let's all sing today. Worship the Lord. Just call upon Him today. Some of you might sing. Some of you might pray. Some of you might cry. That's all right. Let's just call upon the Lord today as we pray.